0: The show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature tech journalist Dan Berg. We'll hear from Brian Schaffin from the Mac Observer. And also Lloyd Clark. He's director of product management for Roku. They make all those streaming devices. All this and more. On the tech How Live. Yeah! Dan, welcome back to the show. And I know in our pre interview discussion, you told me that you are a cord cutter when it comes to cable TV. Tell me more.
1: Yeah, I haven't had a cable subscription for years and years now, maybe like six or seven years. And I've been basically just using streaming services on my computer and such, because I don't really watch that much television, I guess, um, until I actually got a Roku, And I use Oroku as my main device, because, I mean, I have a subscription to Netflix. I have a, su- a subscription to Hulu. I have HBO Go from my parents' account, so luckily I can still watch that. And I also have a subscription to Aereo, which is the live television streaming service. So I have the basic channels, and I can all manage it, from my Roku, and that served me perfectly fine.
0: Okay, it's very interesting here how this worked out. Do you ever use a normal TV antenna?
1: No, I don't because Aereo does all of those same services. I actually own one because I bought one back in the day when I was like, you know what, I'd like to have some live television again because for so long I hadn't had any. But then I signed up for Aereo, which is expanding to all the different cities now. And I I love that service. And basically that's replaced the bunny ears that I, I would have otherwise had.
0: Well, it's interesting here. For a few days, we were switching our satellite TV connection. So in those few days, I bought a Radio Shack digital antenna for high-definition TV. And it kind of sort of worked. I'm at the fringe in terms of some stations. And of course, with that, you either get a signal or it just completely breaks up. It's not like in the old days with analog TV, where if you didn't get an ideal signal, you get some snow, the picture would maybe be a little bit weaker, a little bit noisier, but you get a picture. With digital, it's almost all or nothing, or you get into this twilight zone where you're watching the picture, you're watching your favorite show, and then it breaks up for a few seconds.
1: I had the exact same experience during the short period of time when I used the digital antenna, because it's just not a quality experience and it's really a lot more work than it's really worth. I found that when I had the rabbit ears, I would much rather go onto my computer and watch something on Netflix rather than futz with it and try to figure out, okay, what's on flipping through channels and like you said, it's not always working and it'll cut out. Yeah. Having the Roku and having Aereo there has changed that because their antennas are totally fine. And I'm also able to DVR and record shows that I want to watch. So it's it's made me feel much more connected to the world because I wake up in the morning, I put on the morning news, I see what's going on. I'll, my girlfriend and I just finished uh, The Bachelor, which was an exciting season. i had never seen that before. So the fun communal stuff that comes from live television, it, it's now easy again. And yeah, I've I, been
0: loving it okay this system is called ariel
1: ariel a-e-r-e-o
0: okay ariel is interesting it's controversial and to me it's kind of a throwback to the original cable tv originally cable tv was merely a way to extend your tv reception areas where you couldn't get a good signal so it was actually c-a-t-v community antenna television. It's like the community or a local company would set up this main antenna system, which we would call the head end, and they would receive the remote stations and they'd retransmit them locally. That's what cable TV was before the FCC mandated they originate their own programming. And now, of course, there's more programming on table TV than there is on live TV. But this aerial system, it's controversial because the TV networks are suing them right and left and losing.
1: Yeah. The big argument is are they retransmitting the actual broadcast? or not because the way that Aereo has positioned themselves is they've looked at the letter of the law and what they are doing does not violate the letter of the law because they have one of those little antenna chips that picks up the free signal and they have one of those for every single customer. So basically what you're paying Aereo for is not for television. You're paying them for rental space to use your very own antenna and you technically own that antenna. You're paying them for the rental space because it's their storage space is doing it, as well as the DVR service because they have computers that can record certain hours of television show and give it back to you. So technically, they're not breaking any laws. And that's why Aereo is winning so many cases all around the country. Not every single one of them. They've definitely lost a few, but cable companies are absolutely hating it and have even threatened to just completely cut out over-the-air broadcasts, basically stop doing them completely if they can't charge the end user for it, which Aereo is doing.
0: Of course, we have also all these fights now between the TV networks and the cable and satellite providers because they have something called carriage fees. And carriage fees means they're trying to get the money from both ends. They get it from advertisers. And then in feeding the signal to the cable or satellite provider, they want a payment. Now, part of the problem here is that it's not just coming in there and saying, okay, here's USA Network, which is part of NBC's network. Here's Sci Fi Channel, the networks that get all the traffic. Take 12 channels or 15 channels, which include the three or four you really like, plus eight or nine unknown channels with no listeners, no viewers. But you got to take everything. It's all or nothing. And you have to pay the fee. Otherwise, we will withhold transmission. And they've had some mm-hmm. famous outages of the networks as a result. Now, in something like these streaming services, you don't have this nonsense anymore. You just get the content you want. And you only pay for the content you want. So like with the Roku, you like Netflix and you want to see House of Cards, which is just a wild and wacky show. Such a good show. Yes. So you get Netflix. Is that all you want? Fine. If you want to get something off the networks, you get Hulu+. Plus. Some of the TV networks like HBO also have apps for an Apple TV or for a Roku. But the problem there is you have to be a subscriber to a cable or satellite service first.
1: Yeah, The thing that's amazing to me, when put in perspective, is just how much money the cable companies and the television companies are making. Because you look at the startup world and you look at a startup like Aereo or even Netflix and they're charging their users, what is it, like, between six to twelve dollars for whatever their streaming subscription is they're just growing rapidly and they're quickly becoming multi-million dollar companies but then you look at the cable companies and putting that in perspective the cable companies are charging each household what is it 65 to 80 dollars per month they're in almost every single household in America there's a couple of people cutting the cords like myself but I'm in the very 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 small minority when you're putting it in perspective of the startups that are doing really really well by gaining these tiny market shares and then you look at how much the subscribers to Aereo or Netflix are paying versus the cable company and just how many subscribers there are, you kind of begin to see how much money they're taking in and how much power they have and how they don't want this change. It's an exciting time. I think there's a lot of change coming and I definitely like to support the people that are allowing me to purchase the content that I want rather than paying for stuff I do don't want just to get a little couple of things.
0: Now, I noticed that Aereo also includes a cloud-based DVR system. So Mm -hmm. this way you can record shows for later viewing. But there's also limitation of streaming, which we'll get into in our next segment. And that is your cable company. If you get their Mm -hmm. internet service, if you're not using their TV services, you have a bandwidth cap, which means if you stream too much, uh uh-oh, they could throttle you they can cut off your service. There are limits, and we want to get into that in our next segment and a lot more. Tech journalist Dan Berg is joining me this week. Later on, Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, and we'll even hear from Roku. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com Namecheap.com First came
2: Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out
3: Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources, gold and silver. Government shutdown, inept politicians, entitlements, looming Obamacare. The death of the U.S. dollar as a global reserve currency is what nobody wants to acknowledge. We have a debt bubble that cannot be paid and will eventually crash the dollar. If you're concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money, and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and we'll discuss your options of buying precious metals. Also, I can send you information on how you can roll over your IRA or 401k into a precious metal IRA. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the dollar crashes. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237. Three, seven, 130.
4: I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband, James, and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free.
5: Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. one 888 it's that
6: time of year again and you know what that means cold and flu season <laughs> but don't worry herbalhealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products cold and flu fighters like beta glucans olive leaf antiviral capsules grapefruit seed extract hha four herb capsules elderberry power and respirate and don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. HerbalHealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click the win- your specials button to save on our natural cold and flu-fighting products. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988.
7: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at owl.com That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com.
0: Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, Dan Berg rejoins us. So we were talking about the streaming gadgetry. He's got a Roku.
1: Well, I have the an older version, so mine was only like 100 bucks. So it's bigger, but yeah, basically the same thing.
0: So the big issue here, when you're streaming content, that reflects against your bandwidth cap. Now, what Netflix is doing to get around that, and they've famously done this, I believe, with Comcast, and that yeah. is sign a contract so they bring their servers into the cable room. They give them a bribe, and the cable company won't charge against your bandwidth cap. But the bandwidth cap, if you're watching high-definition TV a few hours a day, you're going to fill that bandwidth cap pretty fast.
1: Well, it's a really, really sticky situation because on one hand, as television watchers are going more and more to streaming, that puts a lot of strain on the internet network, because cable television and internet are traditionally two separate things, but now they're kind of melding into one. And so these cable companies are seeing a huge spike in their streaming traffic, and it's putting strain. It's, it's something that they have to change and adapt to prepare to. So one of the options is to create a deal with a service like Netflix, and that's what Comcast and Netflix have done, so that Netflix has a deal with Comcast, giving them money, and in exchange, they are boosting up the speeds for Netflix streaming on Comcast, and it doesn't count as much towards the consumers. At the same time, when you start getting into this sort of a deal, deal it's kind of going against open internet and net neutrality because what you're in essence doing is allowing corporately sponsored traffic that is going to be going faster and better for certain users and certain comcast subscribers and it no longer is a fair even trade because if there's another company that wanted to take on netflix and they're just a startup starting to build something they got a streaming service is starting to gain ground they don't have the money to make a sort of deal like that, that Netflix does. And so they won't have the same opportunity to grow and exist in the marketplace. Whereas before deals like this, that was possible because the internet was open and even the little guys could make something and grow big.
0: That's what net neutrality is all about. And supposedly a court overturned the FCC's efforts of trying a different method. But this is the end run around that which is the big company can buy preferred access with the cable or satellite provider, and the little guy is left in the lurch. So no matter what you do, you pay for it. Why do you pay for it? Because if Netflix has to write a check to Comcast every month, has to spend money to put their servers into Comcast facilities, as they might with Cox or with any of the other cable providers, who pays for that? We do your subscription rate goes up.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a sticky situation because if you're a consumer that has a subscription to Netflix and you're not actually paying attention to any of this other stuff that's going on, which is a vast number of users, they have their subscriptions, it works, and that's all they know, then you're going to see an improvement. And your life and your observable surroundings, you're like, oh, Netflix is running better. This is great. But in reality, it, it's setting this precedent that can just have a terrible detrimental effect on the internet as a whole and innovation as a whole on the internet. So it's a sticky situation because you're gonna have users seeing and immediately feeling positive benefits and users respond well to positive benefits. People don't wanna really think, unfortunately. And so it's, it's a tough situation that we're finding ourselves in.
0: In the end of the game here, do the cable and satellite companies eventually have to give up the ghost or do they end up changing their marketing scheme? Right now, it's all about big bundling. You know, you want to watch the 10 stations you want. You've got to get 300 because they're in different tiers. I mean, I ran into the situation with my wife. There's a cable TV network. It's owned, by the way, by NBC Comcast called Clue, C-L-O-O, where they have TV procedurals so for example, they'll have NCIS, they'll have Law and Order, things like that. My wife likes to watch that. Unfortunately, we had to get a specific tier from DirecTV to get that as part of the package. So you're kind of forced into paying more than you want. And I guess that scheme works fine for these companies. But at the end of the day, the customers left out, will they be forced to go a la carte?
1: I think it's coming. I definitely think all eyes are first going to be on HBO, because right now, in order to get an HBO subscription and to use HBO Go, you need to have a cable subscription. So what people are seeing is that people are sharing their HBO subscriptions. Like, I'm currently using my parents' HBO Go login and password in order to get the streaming account, and that is uh, so many people are doing that, and for HBO, that is lost money. So, but Dan, out but Dan, yeah,
0: is that technically legal? Is there a restriction against somebody else using your password? If it's a member of your family, I guess they can't say anything. But wouldn't they say, "Well, you got to live in the same household" or something?
1: Well, yeah, they say that. I don't know uh, many people that really do that.
8: They can't so, really yes, verify that.
1: Yeah, but they they know that this is happening, and for every person there, that's lost revenue, because I would pay for an HBO subs- Go subscription just like I pay for Hulu and Ariel. I would pay. I would give them money, and that's money that they cannot take from me because they're not offering that to me. And I'm sure that HBO is in special deals with the cable companies. And that's why they're not offering an a la carte service. And I'm sure they're getting compensation for that. But I think everybody is really looking to HBO to see what they're going to do next in terms of breaking off possibly different channels. Because Netflix right now is doing really, really well for itself. And with the launch of their independent series and just winning the awards, Netflix is doing really well and becoming what HBO really should be. And HBO is really falling behind. So I think everybody's really looking to see what HBO is going to do. And if they're able to successfully break away, I also see other less premium channels being able to do the same. And I think that the hardware and the setup is getting to the point where that's going to be a real possibility in the next, say, three to five years.
0: The difference being, of course, that with HBO Go, they've got to offer a wider range of selections. Because right now with Netflix, anytime you turn that on, you have a choice of tens of thousands of TV shows and movies. A lot of it's junk, by the way. You know, you have to pay to get your House of Cards. And I think in the next year, they're going to be offering Marvel content, like Daredevil, not like the movie with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. I mean, a new Daredevil TV series, other TV series devoted to Marvel comic characters coming to Netflix. And I'm not getting paid by Netflix to do this, by the way. All right. We have Dan Berg tech journalists. We're talking about breaking the cable cord, but there's a lot more to talk about. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live.
9: We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been
2: well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget.
11: 100-foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Question.
12: Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terraganics. Life's getting better.
13: Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next.
0: Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, we talked about cutting the cable cord, which, as you see, is possible, not for me. A lot of the shows I want are still on traditional cable, although I don't get the most expensive packages or near. I get what has what I need, and that's about the size of it. All right, let's move to other topics here. Now, Apple got a lot of criticisms when they released iOS 7. The icons didn't look finished. The artwork was a little bit ragged. The feature set was a bit ragged. Didn't work so well, but now Apple came out this week with iOS 7.1, Now, the news is in the first 48 hours, 12% of iPhones, iPads running iOS 7 had upgraded to the new version. By the time you hear the show, maybe it's going to be 30, 40%. But what did you see? Did you have problems, Dan, with the original iOS 7 release?
1: I had a little problems here and there. Uh, The phone restarted itself a couple of times, something that was so prevalent for me that it was really an issue. It's and like a
0: spontaneous have, restart.
1: Yeah, exactly. It would just randomly, I'd get the little Apple symbol and be like, oh, my phones are starting. That's annoying. And that would happen sometimes. And I had a couple of issues with the fingerprint scanner where it wouldn't recognize my fingers after a while. But after rescanning them the second time, there hasn't been any kind of loss of quality there. So I haven't really had many of the issues, but still iOS 7.1 is a a welcome change and a welcome upgrade.
0: Okay, what about iOS 7 other than the spontaneous restarts kind of really stuck with you? What do you see improved in iOS 7.1 over iOS 7? Forgetting the crashes for a moment, which I see are less with my situation too.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I really notice is the subtle changes in the user interface and i like all the little changes that they made but i never really had an issue with iOS 7 and their redesign i think everybody was kind of just shocked and responding to that shock and all the criticism that they had but the dialer and making phone calls a nice little pleasant round like button that they have now it's great
0: and
1: yeah I, i'm a fan
0: so basically they Smooth out the interface. They made it nicer. It does seem a tad snappier to me. Now, I know people who had the oldest supported platform, the iPhone 4, were kind of upset because it was noticeably slower. Now it seems to be a little snappier, not quite at the level of iOS 6, but better. So the question I guess people raise about this, is this what Apple should have done six months ago, or was iOS 7 so rushed to get out things out on schedule that Apple maybe lost sight of some of the fine-tuning that otherwise would have occurred?
1: I think we always see fine-tuning with everything. I mean, you look at Windows 8, and in one of the next updates, they brought back the start button. And I think that what you do is you release a product, you see how people use it, and then you refine and then you release a one. And I think that's exactly what Apple did. So to say that this is what Apple should have held off for and waited for, I think kind of misses the point because Apple just released iOS 7 and completely, completely redesigned their user interface in a very short time. I think that what we're seeing is just incremental improvements. and I don't think that any of the changes are really so extreme that they are showing a complete reversal of what Apple was trying to say or do with iOS 7. I think iOS 7.1 is more a refinement, and I think that updates are always refinements. So I don't see it as something that is Apple turning its back on any decisions that it's made in the past or with iOS 7.
0: But do you think at all maybe things were a little bit rushed for the original release? Because it looks like, you know, if we look at the public posture on this. You have Jonathan Ive getting the assignment in the fall of 2012 to take over software design. And iOS 7 is launched at the WWDC. It comes out in September. So maybe Apple had 11 months to do a lot of work on this. Maybe they had to change direction somewhat, which is maybe why some things got a little bit ragged.
1: I guess it would really... Depend on your definition of rushed and whether you think the final product was rushed. The fact that iOS 7.1 only has subtle changes makes me feel that iOS 7 wasn't as rushed as the press made it feel. Because, yes, there was tight deadlines, and Johnny, I've got the assignment possibly later than traditionally Apple will assign projects. But the changes weren't that extreme. There's a few subtle user interface changes, but it's not like they went back and redesigned all of their icons, which was just something that the press absolutely jumped on. The main issues that people were having were some restarts and some issues with the fingerprint scanner. And for software that is on as many phones as the iPhone really has in circulation and in public and running on so much hardware. It's not just the 5S, it's the 5, it's the 4S, it's all the way back to the 4. Just to have those be the real issues and when they release a major update and have it be such subtle changes, I really don't think that Apple was rushed in iOS 7 because it's just the update doesn't express that they apologized for what they did before or that they really had any issues with it.
0: It merely fixes the normal range of problems that occur with a new OS release. Let me ask you here something. The SSL bug, which of course you heard about, where mm-hmm. on a Friday, I think, we see Apple releases this update for iOS 6 and 7 to fix the so-called go-to-fail bug which is apparently due Mm -hmm. to a glitch in the SSL authentication. So when you make a secure connection, say, to a commerce site or maybe by your email, it establishes an SSL secured connection. But in this particular case, Apple screwed up with the code. I think it was an extra line of code or something. Really one of these dumb little things that you don't see. It's easy to miss things like this because it's so subtle and so simple. And so they come out with a fix. And then the following Tuesday, they release OS X 10.9.2 with the same fix. So Apple is criticized because it took four more days to get an OS ten update out. Isn't that a little bit absurd?
1: Yeah, I think it's absurd. It's unfortunate, especially when there is a bug in software that is security related, because there are just so many security issues out there. And it's the hackers and things that are taking advantage of or trying to take advantage of your laptop or your phone are just growing in number. And so it's unfortunate when a bug like this is out, but I don't see if in between the time of the phone's update release and the OS X update release, there had been like a huge major issue or if making this SSL kind of vulnerability public was going to have a huge impact, then maybe like waiting a few days would not have been the best mood. But it's not like there was any real negative things that happened. And this vulnerability had been open for so long. It wasn't like a brand new thing that just happened. It's something that Apple became aware of. It was a security vulnerability and they fixed it. And I think that that's what you should do when there is a mistake. And Every company, even Apple, is fallible to, to put out a company or a, a software that has an issue, and they responded to it, and that was that.
0: Point out also here: do we talk about Apple? Maybe they should have fixed this bug faster, whatever. It also depends on not when it existed, which would be at the day that OS 10 Mavericks came out, and iOS 6 and iOS 7 had the bug too. It is when did Apple discover it? When did they know? This bug existed, and then how long did they take to release an update? And it doesn't happen overnight. Even if it's one line of code, you gotta test it. You gotta make sure it works. You gotta make sure the installers work, that something else isn't broken, because in taking out the line of code, maybe you took out something else. You took out one symbol that could totally wreck something else. It's not that easy. Dan Berg will tell you why. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live.
9: the left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network,
0: GCN. Time and time again.
13: Do you need to come here? expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health. A balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z, 201-945-1177, 201-945-1177, What's going to happen next? Well, here's the tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg.
0: Now this is interesting here. We're talking about Apple fixing the SSL go to fail bug in OS 10 and iOS 6 and 7. But then I don't know if you remember this, Dan, We can go over it if you don't. There was a comment made by the guy who heads the Android division of Google. I think it was at the Mobile World Conference in Barcelona, Spain. And he says, when asked about security, it's about freedom. You heard this comment, right? Yeah, I did. Okay, so I kept wondering, okay, freedom for what? Freedom to get malware?
1: Yeah, I think that Android and Apple have two very different definitions of freedom and I don't think that one is necessarily correct and the other one wrong because when the Android developers and the Android ecosystem discusses freedom. They mean the freedom to create and not be limited by what they are able to do. And that's a very important freedom. That's the tenet behind net neutrality, which we were talking about earlier. Having an open Internet that's free to everybody allows an even playing field for everybody to create. And having an Android ecosystem that allows developers to have access to Everything allows for more creativity and more options, and developers can theoretically create more amazing stuff. But at the same time, when you have the open ecosystem of Android, you're also opening yourself up for more malware, for more issues, and more vulnerabilities. By the definition of Apple, because I think Apple would say that their system is also very free, but Their freedom means that if you want to do something, it just works. You don't have to go through a bunch of different applications to find something that works. If you download something from the App Store, you open it up and it's going to do what it says it's going to do. It might be a terrible application because that happens and Apple has no control over that. But it's not going to break your system and it's not going to spy on you. And you don't have to worry about the same things that you might have to through unvetted apps for Android. So they're both free ecosystems, but it's just a different definition of how they want their users to interact and use, like the the freedom is in the mind, basically.
0: The other problem with Android is you have known security problems that have existed for a while, but Google has no reliable method of pushing the fixes. To the end user they have to first go to the handset maker the handset maker then has to deal with the carrier and the carrier is the one who sends out those updates so you have situations here where large numbers the largest number of android users are using older operating systems they're never being patched and the only protection is to get security software
1: i mean there there are definitely downsides to being so open and allowing for all of the hardware that they do because we were talking earlier about Apple and the update of the security SSL update and 7.1 adoption, how those numbers are already huge and they're likely growing even today. Android just doesn't have that same luxury. And I know that plenty of my friends that use Android are so happy to give up having updates just for the fact that they can modify their lock screen and they can look at their lock screen and see emails rather than just the time which is uh, an iOS device and they're willing to trade having updates for these security vulnerabilities for the freedom to do what they want on their device and really that's a value judgment by the individual and both have their own merits for sure myself, but you
0: can see yeah. your emails On your lock screen, if you select that option.
1: The the notifications, like, you can't do widgets. That's really what I mean. You can't do the widgets in the same way that Android does.
0: Okay, so it's all a matter of there may be features that some people care about, like widgets, which I don't, because I've tried them, and it doesn't matter to me. There may be a few features that you like in Android, but you have to make that value judgment. And that value judgment is... Is having that feature more important than having a secure platform and a predictable platform make your decision?
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly the decision. And there's no real wrong answer because both of these have a market and people use both. But one of the obvious downsides, and I think that this is what a lot of Android users, why they don't necessarily like Apple or they'll fight against Apple is because having a device that simply works is seen as having a premium device because you turn on your device and it just works. You don't have to worry about it as much. But that's completely contradictory to Android users in the mind because that's also associated with not having the freedom to actually do what you want. So the fact that Apple is positioned itself in the market as a premium device is terrible because it can't do as much. And that's why there's really this battle between the two kind of handsets and the two different mentalities because simply because Apple works, it's premium. And that's just the way that it is in the market. And that kind of sucks for people that want to have the freedom to change their device around. And suddenly they're being told that they have a less premium device.
0: But, you know, I think the people who care about that amount to a small, small minority of users of Android. I think a lot of times people will buy an Android or any smartphone because the salesperson at the carrier is getting a spiff. He's being bribed to sell you the Samsung and not the Apple. And that's why they buy it. They want something free. Give me something free with a big screen. Oh, this has a bigger screen. I'll buy that. There isn't that fine-tuned value judgment you're giving it because that's true if we live in this little tech bubble. In the tech bubble, you have power users who want this infinite way to customize. And so they'll put up with the security lapses and maybe the applications aren't quite as secure or work as well to have that freedom with an Android device. You have other people who say, you know what? I didn't buy a smartphone to play games with it. I just want to make and receive phone calls. I want to go online. I want to run my apps. I want to check my email. I don't care about that nonsense. And I think the vast majority of people fit into that category. They don't want to deal with the nonsense, but they're also not tuned into these differences, so they buy what's cheap or with the big screen or what the salesperson inflicts on them.
1: Yeah. And I think that's that's very true and very important because I think your average person that's going out to buy a phone wants something that's free. And the the price is the most important thing. But in terms of Apple positioning itself as the premium product, if somebody goes into the store to buy a phone and they just want the free, that person is always going to observe that the iPhone costs money. And I mean, you can get the older one, like years old, but The iPhone is a phone that costs money, whereas Android you can get for less. And I think that that simple fact positions Android as a less premium device.
0: Even though there are Android phones that are priced the same or higher than the iPhone, but where Android succeeds the most is in the lower price arena, the area where Apple won't play because there are no profits. And that takes us, by the way, to one more topic we'll get to in this episode with Dan Berg. And that is Microsoft's dilemma. And Microsoft here is obviously in a very unaccustomed spot. In the mobile phone arena, Windows Phone is a distant third. I guess it's more than BlackBerry now because BlackBerry continues to sink.
1: So, Poor BlackBerry.
0: Yeah, so you have Android, you have iPhone, except in the U.S. where the share of the iPhone tends to be higher than other countries. But you then have Windows Phone. And this is not to say that Windows Phone is a bad OS, because we know Android is very much in the mold of iOS. And so Apple and Android and the various makers such as Samsung, you're getting devices that have resemblances to one another and how you interact with them. Windows Phone is a very different operating system. It has the tiles like you do, of course, with Windows 8 on the desktop. But Microsoft has gone nowhere. There's a story this week that Microsoft is willing to forego fees for Windows Phone licensing, I guess, to build market share. Is that the purpose?
1: Oh, I'm sure that's the purpose. I mean, giving away your operating system for free is a way to get people onto your platform, and it can be very effective. That's what Apple did initially with the iPod and then the iPhone. And, They people still had their Windows computers, but slowly and surely they were getting into Apple's ecosystem and then Apple was able to take over because people started liking their Apple devices and then buying Apple computers. And I think that when you are the underdog as Apple once was back in the day, you have to do things to gain market share. And I definitely see this and giving away the operating system as a way to do that.
0: Let's break it here and we'll get into that. We have Dan Berg joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
9: Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Does advertising on the Genesis Communications
10: Radio Network actually bring positive results? Let's ask Thomas Baldrick from Freeze Dry Guy. Thomas, talk about customer service at GCN.
17: GCN is extraordinary in how they take care of their customers. The bottom line, Freeze Dry Guy keeps advertising on GCN because it works.
12: If you'd like to experience
18: unbelievable customer service, call Lee Wickenhauser at 877-996-4327, extension 107.
17: It's time to get your green on with the great green sale from Freeze-Dry Guy. Now through St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, cases of delicious freeze-dried vegetables, green beans, and green peas are now on sale at veteran-owned freezedryguy.com. You don't need to be Irish to feel like you have pots of gold with a healthy supply of these delicious, nutritious green vegetables. They're perfect for your emergency preparedness needs or outdoor activities from camping to RV travel. Green beans and green peas – easy to prepare, easy to enjoy and now easier than ever to buy how about some green backs in your wallet or purse just for ordering act now and Freeze Dry Guy will give you $25 in survival bucks for every case you purchase by St. Patty's Day so get your green on now veggie lovers call 866-404-3663 866-404-FOOD or log on to freezedryguy.com freezedryguy.com
7: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: Here on the Tech Night Out Live, tech journalist Dan Berg joins us. And we're talking now about Microsoft's decision, reportedly for some low-end smartphone makers, I guess this will happen in India, although I guess they're talking to HTC2, to offer mm-hmm. Windows Phone licenses free, figuring if the people embrace the OS and the ecosystem, well, Microsoft, of course, has an app store. They'll get their cut when you buy apps. And maybe you'll buy more premium Windows Phone devices next time where Microsoft is getting the money. So they're sacrificing upfront profits. I gather they're also going to do that with Windows 8 licensing for cheap PCs where they'll cut the price to like $15 per device as opposed to like $50. Now you think, what's the price for Windows 8? It's like $199 for the Pro version. But if you're an OEM, if you're a computer maker, you pay $50. Now it's going to be $15. The problem here is if you cheapen the product that way, do you really gain enough market share to make up the difference? Or do you just end up with a situation where you've cheapened the product without a gain?
1: That's the question. And I don't think that there is a good answer to that because it can go either way. I think that Microsoft is trying to position itself, obviously, to compete with Android rather than the iPhone. Because as I was saying, the iPhone is a more kind of, it's positioned itself as a premium device. And with that comes cost. And what Microsoft is trying to do is gain market share. And it's doing that by giving it away for free to certain people, just like Android does. And as a result, you're going to see the inexpensive phones that run Windows Phone, and that's going to become more prevalent. But as people have these devices, if they like it, and the user experience is there, and I honestly think the user experience of Windows Phone is better than Android. If only Windows Phone had the apps, which it doesn't yet. But the user experience is fantastic. And I think that if they can get that in the hands of more people, that's going to encourage app developers to build more applications, and then the entire ecosystem can grow. And I think The product, the the OS of Windows Phone is great that it can support rising up from the ashes, as they say, to become number two, surpass Android eventually. That's the possibility. That's the goal. But I definitely think that the potential is there. And we'll just have to see how this works.
0: Well, the key here is how many of the handset makers embrace them. Because right now, when it comes to Android, the only company really making money from Smartphones, other than Apple, is Samsung. And Samsung, if they want to switch from Android, it's going to be to Tizen. Tizen is this alternate operating system, also based on Linux, worked on with Intel and other companies. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you heard this, Dan, over at the Mobile World event in Barcelona, stuck in an out-of-the-way booth, was a Samsung smartphone or two looking like a standard Galaxy phone with an OS resembling Android but really being Tizen. I
1: had heard about this I didn't actually see it or anything but I had heard.
0: All right so it looks to me like Samsung would love to create their own ecosystem their own app store get money from every single angle and if they could ditch Android tomorrow they'd be only too happy to do it.
1: Yes. And I think that that is a very, like, that that it makes sense that they would want that. The reason being is they can make a phone that has just an amazing amount of power in it, just the most powerful phone that's ever existed. And when it runs Android, it might not run that well. And I've seen that with phones that I've used and like flipping through the screens just doesn't feel quite as seamless as say it does on my iPhone.
0: Part of the reason is that with Android, it's kind of like you're running it on a middle layer based on Java. So yep. consider running a Java app on your Mac. It's not a native OS ten app. There's this overhead. And because of this overhead, it never runs as fast or as efficient. So Android has this problem built in, which is why a lot of these Android phones have superpower processors because they're using brute force to make up for OS inefficiencies. So if Tizen is a more direct approach where you don't have the middle layer, inherently it could be faster.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the goal for everybody. Everybody wants to build a phone that's fast and to be a hardware manufacturer that's Building and doing these amazing things with hardware because Samsung and Apple are both just innovating so much in the hardware space and they're both really fantastic companies. But to build a phone and have it run Android and you know that the hardware is good and the software is making it not as good as it could be, that's painful. That's your baby that you've created that should be running one way and it's not. And to want complete control over that and the power to make it run better, it, it, it's natural. And that's what you want. And I, I definitely see Samsung doing it. But they have a lot of stuff to overcome because Android is so, it's just everywhere. And there's so many apps and so many people are using it. and So many people love it that it would be, a it's a tough mountain to climb.
0: You know, I think what it, Samsung would do or could do, Samsung is notorious about spending money, excessive amounts of money for promotion. They'll even go to a company like CNET. If they run a favorable review of a Samsung product, they'll buy advertising around it. And there have been some complaints over CNET accepting that money, but you get the point. They will be very aggressive about giving spiffs to salespeople. So would it be out of the question for Samsung to go to the major Android app developers and say, look, you make a ties version, we'll subsidize you. We'll give you whatever costs you to do it. And we'll give you maybe a 10% premium or something to get you onto our platform. And if they do that with enough yes. major developers, it becomes credible.
1: Uh, well, I, yes, it's definitely a tactic that uh os people or os makers do to try to get developers onto their system offering incentives oper- offering rewards and things like that it's really up to the developers whether they actually do that because if you're a developer developing for a new operating system you you usually and it's not always the case but you got to like the operating system because you're going to be using it it's it if it, it, it's your passion if it's your operating system that's always in your pocket your motivation for creating your app on that operating system is so much higher. Yeah, but if
0: they're giving you a check to bring it to another operating system saying, hey, it costs you $10,000 to build this app, we'll give you 20, and we'll give you 10% above the top for every sale, and we'll give you an advance on sales. Here's another check.
1: I mean, Windows Phone does that. Uh, People that are trying to build up their ecosystems do that. That's a common thing that OS makers do. So it could work. And it has worked on getting some of the bigger players in there. But depending on the application, it it might not be important to the developers. Because if you have an application such as Evernote, where Evernote only works if it is everywhere that people need it. You need it on every single one of your devices. So that's why Evernote is available for everything you can think of. Something like a game that would only come to, say, iOS first, then bringing that to other operating systems is a lot less important. And having that check is good. But with that check comes the headache of supporting all of the different screen sizes for what Tizen would possibly do. Okay. Yeah, of course, it, it just would be really difficult.
0: Dan Berg, can we find more information about you online?
1: You sure can. I run the website longer.com and I help people build apps and such.
0: Coming up next on the Tech Night How Live, we'll be featuring Brian Chaffin. He's from the Mac Observer. And we have a long agenda of things to talk about. Some of the stuff that we've been discussing with Dan Berg, he'll also be addressing in his own inimitable fashion. And later on, we'll be talking to Lloyd Clark. Lloyd is from Roku. Those are the guys who make all those video streaming devices. And that's going to be real fascinating because we'll learn about their products, what they have under development, and also about cable cord cutting. Dan Berg, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's
19: Amanda sold here from Midas Resources. Today, March 14th, 2014, gold opened at 1387.50. dollars A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1437.37, dollars dollars for a half ounce, or 359.34 dollars for a quarter ounce. Again, that's 1437.37, dollars dollars and 359.34. dollars
18: Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free. 800-686-2237.
5: There are many things the human body can
20: do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at Alcavision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com.
0: We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. And, of course, since Steve Ballmer is no longer the CEO of Microsoft, he will no longer do that imitation. Still correct. And he's not going to do an imitation of Satya Nadella. I am not. Because we can barely pronounce that name. It is true. But he's actually making some changes in Microsoft that we want to talk about a little bit later. But I was looking at something here which has nothing to do with this show. But I don't care. It's my show. It's your show. That's right. And it's a list of the seven classic tongue twisters we still find impossible to say. Have you ever heard of this? (laughs) Uh, No. So let's do it. Okay. Now, one person, number seven is Peggy Babcock. But how is that a tongue twister? I guess if you say it five times fast. Here's one that people really mess up. Say toy boat Toy boat, toy boat. Say it three times, and let's see what happens the third time. Try it. Toy boat. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Uh, The last time it's toy boit, you notice? Yeah. You see, if you don't concentrate on this, and you're not professional, it gets pretty weird. I'm a rank amateur. Okay. Say rank amateur five times fast, backwards. No, you can't do that. I don't know. Here's one I like. This is my favorite. I slit a sheet. A sheet I slit. Upon the slitted sheet I sit. Forget about it. I, I'm thinking
8: that one could land us in trouble with the FCC.
0: Well, no, because it's the right words. But if you screw them up, I could see where we can get into problems. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I should do someday with you the Jerry Lewis announcer's test. Do you remember okay. what that was? No. No. You know, where he says one hen, one hen, two ducks, one hen, two ducks, three squawking geese, etc. And you have to repeat after him.
8: Huh. Haven't done
0: that one. All right. Next time. I'm not ready for that right now. <laughs> All right. I'm ready for cutting cords, okay? Okay. A little bit later on the show, we're going to have a product manager over from Roku. And in our previous segment, we had a guy younger than you, I'm sure, Dan Berg, who cut his cable cord like seven or eight years ago. So he no longer has a cable TV connection, and he works around it. He has this aerial, which is this one that provides these antennas for you, and you get your TV reception. They've got a cloud-based DVR, and all the TV companies are suing them. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And he has Netflix, and he has Hulu Plus, and he has a Roku, so he gets all his content. Sure. All right. Now— Every hour, every day, I hear offers for TV, and I hear offers for Dish Network, and they all have these great deals. For the first year, you pay $30 a month or something for service, and that goes up to $125 or something. The key is to get you to sign up. Right. Okay. So the question I have is, do you have cable TV? Have you tried to cut the cord?
8: Well, I I have not tried to cut the cord. I have DirecTV, personally. I watch TV in a way that is not conducive to cord cutting. And that way is to that that I often have TV on in the background while I'm working. And when I'm, quote unquote, watching TV in this fashion, uh, first of all, I don't watch shows that I care about this way. I just you know I like to have like the science shows, the stuff that's on History Channel, uh, uh, all the crazy goofy stuff on uh, History Two H2, uh, stuff on Discovery Channel, stuff on the Science Channel. I have those shows on in the background, and cord cutting would not be conducive to that part of my workflow. So from from that standpoint, cord cutting is not an option for me, and it's not an option for anyone else that just likes to have TV on. Cord cutting is a great option, I think, for anyone. Who is interested in specific shows and um, is willing to watch those shows when they eventually come to a service like Netflix or Amazon or, or uh, uh, you know any other ways that you can get stuff through Roku or any of the other competing devices, or if you're willing to pay for for them uh, through the iTunes Store, it's uh, there are a lot of people who can cord cut, but I think that there's a lot of people who are not ready to cord cut.
0: As you say, it's partly the content. If you're into event shows, sporting events, regular commercial TV, even the cable networks, you want to see it now. Mm -hmm. You don't want to wait a week from now. Or maybe you want to see it tomorrow night or something. You'll run your DVR. Then you're a candidate for traditional cable or satellite. If you're willing to do the workarounds or limit your content to stuff they have, maybe you only care about Netflix because you want to watch House of Cards. But then what if you want to watch the news of the day? Do you depend on the internet? Do you want to watch CBS, Evening News, NBC, or CNN, or one of the cable news networks? Suddenly, cutting the cable cord isn't as easy. I guess, of course, if you live near a lot of TV stations, you just buy a traditional antenna for 15 or $20.
8: I don't think cord cutters are doing too much of that. I think cord cutters are pretty much living on the Internet. And there are certainly a lot of people who who consume their news through video snippets and through reading. And again, those people are going to be quite well served by the growing number of options that are available through the Internet. But if you just like to have the TV on, if you just like to flip through channels, cord cutting doesn't offer that sort of thing. And, you know, that's probably a generational thing.
0: Younger people don't do it. I think my son is the kind of person who has no interest in traditional cable or satellite TV. He's the cord cutter type. As you say, a generational difference. But that also creates a problem for the networks because they
8: see their viewers skewing older. Well, not only that, not only that, they're making so much money from the status quo that they are trying to bury their head in the sand. They they don't want to give a company like Apple, for instance, uh, the opportunity to take their viewers into the mid-teens. <laughs> the tw- tw- I don't I don't even know how to say that, but to 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 bring their viewers into the future because they know that they're going to lose control of that customer experience to Apple, and so they're putting their heads in their sand. They're 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 you know they just want to perpetuate. A business model that is becoming less and less relevant, especially to younger people. I don't think my choice, of the way I watch TV, is necessarily representative of the way most people are watching TV.
0: Well, I think if you're younger, you probably have music on in the background, and if you have anything at all, it's going to be some kind of radio. Now, I tend to have talk shows on. Pandora. Okay, Pand- Pandora. Sorry, sorry. That's a radio substitute in a different way. Yeah, fair enough. Of course, you have iTunes Radio, you have Spotify, they all do very well, Pandora being the million-pound gorilla. But we get the point, that you basically specify the kind of stuff you listen to, and it creates radio stations. It's not like in the old days you want the rock station, it's here, and then the rock station subdivided into the soft rock and the hard rock, and then to classic rock, and then to classic vinyl. You didn't have that. What we do have is Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the tech night Owl live. <music>
9: Minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network.
0: GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's a2, that's number 2, a2hosting.com. Check out their prime hosting account and get this neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25% And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene when you check out.
19: products from municipal water berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water for the gold standard in water filters get a big berkey at big berkey and all gcn listeners get five percent off all ceramic filter systems for details call 1-877-99-BERKEY that's 877-99-BERKEY big berkey water filters for the love of clean water
4: No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free.
5: Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. one 888 That's one 888 1-888. Nine one two one five nine five. It's no secret that silver is one of the
20: oldest known natural antibiotics. But the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this Truth, dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888 213 4338. 888 213 4338. And talk to the Patriots at utopiasilver.com. A leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. utopiasilver.com
13: what's going to happen next you never know when you're listening to the tech night owl live with
0: gene steinberg of course the next question when we get to cable cord cutting is what is apple's miraculous tv living room solution
8: (laughs) Well, you know it's if we listen to some of if we listen to some of Apple's competitors, it's nothing new because they've been doing it forever, even though of course we don't actually know what it is. Uh, if you listen to the Apple haters, uh, it's not going to be anything that anyone wants in the first place. And if you listen to, uh, to to the industry people, it's not anything that they're interested in letting Apple do. So I don't know where we're going to end up going with that. I don't know if Apple's going to get that opportunity to bring it to market because everybody's sticking their heads in the sand.
0: At least in the music industry, they were faced with a problem, that problem being piracy. And Apple walked in there and said, here's our solution. And it pretty well worked. I mean, things have changed now. Digital music sales are down. More and more people are listening to services like Pandora, Spotify, etc iTunes radio I'm not I still like the disc jockey. I still like someone who's knowledgeable about the music presenting it. I still like to be surprised. I still like event television, but I'm skewing older, so it's not about me anyway. He agrees with me by the way, you
8: notice I, I do i have to I have to include my uh, myself on the well I don't know I say that when I'm in the car, I listen to, to NPR I'm one of those guys. I run satellite radio. I sometimes do that. I tend to listen. If I'm going to listen to music, it tends to be either an album that I want to hear or it'll be a a playlist that I've put together.
0: On Sirius XM, for example, they have stations for 60s music, 70s music, 80s music, a classic rock, a deep track station, classic vinyl. Those are the six I run. Mm -hmm. Okay. With all that, I get most of the music that I like. So I keep it that way. If I'm not lazy, I'll plug in my iPhone and run something from my iTunes tracks. Now, that's another interesting thing here. Do we see any of that changing with this new CarPlay? To me, CarPlay is just an expanded version of what you already could do. I mean, if you set up your system with the car, with Bluetooth, and it works with the phone... To some degree, you could already pipe the music into your car.
8: Yeah, it's just an easier way. It's to a act, slightly so. easier or
0: somewhat easier way, but doesn't replace the car's own
8: infotainment system. For some people, it will. For some people, they'll, they'll be going strictly through their iPhone or iPad to, to, to get their music. But for other people, I think they'll continue to listen to some version of the radio, um, You know, especially the folks like me who listen to NPR
0: and you have to remember to plug in your iPhone. It works with an iPhone 5, 5s, 5c with the lightning connector. It doesn't even work wirelessly. You have to plug it in to enable this capability. So if right. you forget to bring your phone with you, CarPlay means nothing.
8: Right. It also talk radio fans won't won't be affected all that much. Good. We've just added some stations
0: by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. We had six new stations, including one in Worcester, Massachusetts. Some in Illinois. I have to get the list out, and I'll read them on the air. But we welcome all the new stations, and we're happy they're listening to us. And we're going to be also on the IRN Internet Radio Network, in addition to GCN, in the very near future. I think they're working out the logistics like that. But we get back to Apple and all the stuff they're doing. So, I guess the last question to ask about this would be what are the new product categories that Apple is going to enter? CarPlay isn't the thing that Tim Cook was promising. All that is is AirPlay for the car.
8: Well, it's a little more than that. But
0: it's the same idea.
8: Yeah, it's a little more than that. I think it's actually a pretty big deal. You know, I, I've got a uh, I've got a 2011 Chevy, no, it's a 2012 model Chevy um, that has really really good iPhone integration. At least, you know, for a car, it actually has its quirks. I what I've seen of CarPlay, I think will be a significant improvement. Um, in, in, in managing one's, uh, especially one's music and uh, you know, incoming text messages, that sort of thing. I, I think it's a bigger deal than just being air, you know, a better AirPlay.
0: Well, of course, but you have to buy a new car to get it. There may be aftermarket systems, but there'll be things that replace your car's head, which is not what you think it is. It's the radio. So if you replace your radio with a Pioneer or something, perhaps you get one with CarPlay. But if you don't buy a new car otherwise, it won't be there. So I have a Kia. It's not going to be there. In fact, the Kia has a UVO system, that's UVO, which is Microsoft. But it's not as bad as Ford, my Ford Touch, which is dreadful, I hear. Uh, so I hear. So we won't get into that. Let's get into other Apple things here iOS 7.1. Okay. Some people think that this is what iOS 7 should have been but for whatever reason wasn't they didn't have time whatever
8: yeah i th- you know it's 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 significant that ios 7 was introduced seven and a half months eight months after uh uh johnny ive took over uh the interface design and craig federici and it was correct thank you to, after craig took over the the uh the the uh, software side of things and um uh it's that's a very short amount of time for the overhaul that we got. And I, I was a big fan of iOS 7 when it came out, I, when it was first introduced. And, and then when it was released, I, I thought it was just, you know, it was refreshing. It was breathtaking. It was just, it was really, really interesting. It was, such a, it was such a, you know, just a new way of interacting with your phone. And that iOS 7.1 is an improvement on that, does not, to me, invalidate how good iOS seven when, was when it actually came out. I mean, you know, it would be of, of course it's been imp- been improved, but I just I, I've gotten a sort of you know attitude from some people that you know that's says to the opposite that this speaks to the opposite of it, that, that, uh, that this says that this they're suggesting that in some way this invalidates iOS seven. I don't think that's the case.
0: The theory being that iOS seven was fatally flawed, was seriously unfinished. And just because Apple fine-tuned things or changed things, therefore the original concept was wrong, which isn't necessarily the case. I don't think so. Also, one of the things people don't realize here is, yes, Sir Jonathan Ive takes over software. That doesn't mean that all the work was thrown out the window, because his was all about design, the look of the software, Yes, A lot of the underpinnings were already being developed for iOS 7 before he got involved. He didn't just throw everything out and said, okay, throw out all the code, we start anew tomorrow. No, that's
8: nonsense. And he wasn't even dealing with the code.
0: He was dealing with the interface. Exactly. And the interface is about the illustrations, the icons, the artwork. And yes, there's a lot of integration involved in how things look under different circumstances, how they operate. But the core of the OS for iOS 7, I'm sure they were working on iOS 6 when 7 was already being given its preliminary design. Sure. But you see, people take a naive view of Apple and a naive view of how these work. And that's why they come up with this decision. Well, this proves that iOS 7 was a big mistake. And look what Apple did. They fixed the look of a few
8: apps. Well, and, and also a lot of that criticism had already gone away. A lot of that, you know, it was a little girl operating system. It's a Barbie operating system. It was, you know, foo-foo or foo- it just, you know, a lot of the nonsense that the change that iOS 7 represented was met with. A lot of that had already dissipated even before iOS 7.1 was released. But iOS 7.1 certainly goes uh, towards improving it and making a better experience.
0: This goes towards the media meme where they get a point of view and it stays in the sand forever. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live.
9: Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk
0: radio network. We are GCN. Please pay attention, folks.
15: AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com is a Christian, veteran-owned wholesale preparedness company. Our mission is to get the Word of God out to all those in need of a Bible and who cannot afford one. We also provide great-tasting freeze-dried food from only 50 cents per serving, GMO-free food, over 1,000 preparedness items.
17: Plus, for a limited time, type in the word Genesis at checkout and receive 10% off your total purchase. That's AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com.
21: Most of our customers are absolutely, phenomenally impressed
10: with the product. That's Tony, the co-founder of Heart and Body Extract, the 100% all-natural with no negative side effects supplement that supports a strong and healthy heart, strength and stamina, sharp memory, restful sleep, clean, clear arteries, and good circulation. And listen to this. In over 13 years of business, there has been no price increase for Heart and Body Extract. Learn more at HBExtract.com. That's
11: HBExtract.com. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for 129000 You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. A little over a year ago,
13: You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg.
0: Here on the Tech Night Owl live, we have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, and we're talking about the head in the sand approach where they look at the flaws the initial release flaws of iOS 7. Like, for example, these motion effects, and some people thought they were getting a little dizzy or even nauseous. And Apple added an accessibility option in one of the early updates Mm -hmm. where you can turn that thing off. And they've added more of that. So there are more things you can do with the interface if you find you don't like them. But it doesn't invalidate what Apple did. What it did is it simply fine-tunes it. But, you know, as I said, the media meme is a head-in-the-sand approach. So you had some problems with iOS 7 that were fixed. Therefore, all they remember is iOS 7 was buggy. It's like, for example, with Apple Maps. So the first release for Apple Maps in September of 2012, you had all these problems. The 3D view of the Hoover Dam is melting into the background. I'm melting, I'm melting. And they forget that over the next 18 months, Apple has done a lot of things to make it better, but they
8: don't think of that. Right. It's absolutely true. You know, I'll, it's easier. Uh, I was discussing this with uh, John Martellaro, whom you know and are familiar with. He was talking to me today about how the fact that it's, it's easier for people to criticize, especially those who haven't actually created anything themselves. Uh, it's a lot easier for people to criticize and want to bring down other people than it is to, to think critically about something and actually appraise it in a common, in a dispassionate fashion. And uh, Apple is the subject of a lot of the uh, former.
0: Well, part of it is here is Apple does things that are original. They don't just have something that looks like something else. You know, Samsung, we don't make the same criticisms because what's original in anything Samsung does just right. despite everything Samsung does, is a riff on something that already exists. Yeah, it's, iter-
8: it's iterative.
0: So that's the big difference. Anyway, so iOS 7.1 appears to be a success. One area where they really made an important improvement is the symptom you had with the Touch ID fingerprint sensor, where over time it would lose its accuracy. Did you see that?
8: I, I personally did not experience it, but I certainly read accounts from people who did. So some people, some people were seeing that on their devices, and it seems like iOS, iOS 7.1 fixes that. Um, I, Touch ID has been pretty flawless for me. Not perfect, but, but pretty close to perfect.
0: When I first set it up on iPhone 5S, I had a pretty decent level of accuracy. As of the day before iOS 7.1 came out, I was back to using a standard passcode, because wow. it kept missing my fingerprint. Didn't like my fingerprint. And I had several variations in there. As soon as I installed 7.1, within a few minutes, I tried it out, and accuracy was back to the way it was. Cool. Excellent. See? There you go. iOS 7.1. Let's look at the company whose CEO will not be imitated <laughs> by Brian. You know, we should make that... A pronouncement now, anytime we refer to Microsoft, it's going to be the company whose CEO will not be imitated by Brian.
8: Seems pretty reasonable, Gene.
0: Okay, so the company whose CEO will not be imitated by Brian apparently has a new policy, according to published reports here. One is to reduce the OEM price of Windows 8 for cheap PCs. So right now, If you're a normal person, you go to Best Buy, and you want to upgrade to Windows 8.1, and you get the professional version, it's $200. If you're a PC maker, it's $50. Is that fair? Well, that's how it goes. It's $50. Now, according to this new policy, if you're building a PC that's like $250 or something, real cheap PC, you only pay $15 to Microsoft. So that means there's more profit in it for the PC maker or they can reduce the price, whatever. Question I have here is how does this help Microsoft? I mean, if Microsoft sells your product for less, do they think they'll make it up in volume? Because if you're reducing the price to less than a third of what it was before, you've got to sell, what, three times as many?
8: And even more than that, because there will be additional uh, infrastructure and resource costs to support the higher volume. So... You know, Microsoft is, is is reaping the rewards from the catastrophe that is, that is Windows 8. And uh, it turns out when you're designing a product to meet not your customer's needs, but rather your own goals for how your customers will consume your product, that eventually it's not going to sell all that well. And that's been the case with Windows 8. And Microsoft wants to make sure that it can goose sales uh, so that it doesn't lose too much share. But then they're also worried about competition from, you know, dirt cheap Chromebooks where Google isn't charging for Chrome OS because what they get out of Chrome OS is knowing everything you do on your device and adding that to your profile so they can slice it and dice it and sell it to the highest bidder. Uh, And Microsoft, uh, you know, needs to be able to compete with that if they want to maintain share at the lowest of the low end. And, uh, you know, apparently someone decided that that was important. And congratulations to Microsoft. You guys are doing a bang up job.
22: All
0: right.
8: Is Chrome OS even doing that well? It's doing better. Um, Chrome OS is still a novelty for a lot of people. Uh, but it is gaining share at the lowest of the low end. The unprofitable end of the computer market um, is where Chrome OS is seeing uh, growth.
0: So Microsoft is in effect saying instead of building the $250 Chrome OS box, we'll only give you Windows for $15. So wouldn't you rather offer the real Windows rather than this Google
8: thing? Rather than this upstart? Yeah, that's that's essentially what's happening. Uh, you know, again, combined with the fact that uh, Windows 8 isn't seeing high adoption rates in the first place. Uh, you know, it's 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 a catastrophe of an operating system, and no one wants it.
0: And now Microsoft is trying desperately to persuade you to upgrade from Windows XP, but their argument about it is, this is what Windows 8 can do none of which means anything to businesses who are still stuck
8: with XP. Uh, that's true. Yeah, the, the, that's true. Microsoft has a conundrum on its end. Um And part of that conundrum is of its own making. And Windows 8 is not a de- desirable product.
0: And it looks like every time they do a maintenance update, and there's going to be another update for Windows 8.1, what they do is in kind of a half-hearted way, restore more ability to work in the desktop environment, which goes against what they were advertising it for. Maybe they want to make it equivalent to like a Windows 7.1 eventually, where you can just dump the tiles and stay in the desktop, and then you have Windows
8: 7.1. I don't know. Well, you know, it's it's, it's funny you say that. Um because I think that, that, that now we have a situation where a- Apple may be due to the same some of the same criticism. So what Microsoft has been doing is it's been, as you said, restoring a lot of the interface elements that it, that, that harken back to earlier versions of Windows, uh, retreating from their their goal of you know have, having Windows 8 be this entirely new thing that you know it's got one foot in the desktop world and one foot in in the tablet world. Um, Apple also retreated a little bit with iOS 7.1. Calendar has some functionality that is a lot closer to pre-iOS 7 calendar. And even the ability to add button shapes, which is under the accessibility menu, is a a big retreat from the idea that we don't need buttons. All we need is uh, an icon and or, you know, a word. For for all of our buttons, and uh, I, I, it's one of the first things I did is turned on button shapes, and and I I like it. I think it looks good.
0: Okay, so there Apple had to backtrack a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Okay, a little bit of backtracking to meet the needs, and we have to see also with OS 10. They were even more conservative with OS 10 Mavericks. They didn't add any real iOS flourishes, they simply have apps that are now named the same as the iOS equivalents, but still have a Mac OS look and feel. You know, after playing around with scroll bars and stuff like that, they didn't go any further. They kept it at that, which is obviously a good thing. Yeah. One other good thing here, of course, is having Brian Chaffin on the show. He comes from the Mac Observer, that's macobserver.com, so he works with John Martellaro and Jeff Gamet, and lots of other people over there. It's a fun place. I'm Gene Steinberg. This is a fun place, too. It's a Tech Night Owl Live.
9: Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. G-C-N. Does advertising on the Genesis Communications radio network
10: actually bring positive results? Let's ask Thomas Baldrick from Freeze Dry Guy. And do the GCN listeners let you know they heard your ad?
17: Customers do let us know they've heard Freeze Dry Guy ads on GCN. Uh, They seem to be very loyal listeners to GCN, and they
13: stay with those shows, and subsequently they stay with our business too.
16: Looking for positive results? Contact
12: Lee Wickenhauser at 877-996-4327, extension 107.
7: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: On the Tech Night Owl Live, we have Brian Chaffer of the Mac Observer, and we're talking about the fact that Microsoft is making a huge push to get Companies who make really cheap PCs to install Windows by making it dirt cheap. And there's another story out here about Windows Phone. Now, Windows Phone, of course, other than Nokia, there's no market penetration to speak of. Nope. So we have this story now that, at least in some parts of the world, with low-end makers of smartphones, they're going to give away licenses to Windows Phone To get them to adopt it i guess to build the ecosystem does that make sense well they're going to make it up in volume (laughs) right make up nothing in volume so you sell it for nothing and you make it in volume obviously they do because if people buy apps microsoft gets their commission
8: Uh, yeah such as it is the problem microsoft faces here is a little bit different than in the desktop world in the desktop world microsoft uh, is worried about losing share to Chrome OS and losing share to, to, to OS 10, at least at the high end of the market. In the smartphone industry, Microsoft has an entirely different problem in that it doesn't have any market share to lose. And it seems that the company's strategy to change that is to give away Windows Phone to OEMs at the lowest of the low end, again, the entirely unprofitable end. And in this case, that would be, it, it, they seem to be tailoring this strategy towards emerging markets, India in particular, which is where the story broke. So it's kind of hard to imagine what the end game is, because if Microsoft isn't charging, you know, they're not like Google. Google doesn't charge for things because everything it does is designed to, and I'm going to harp on this, everything that Google does is designed to get more of our information, more you know to 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 understand more about us, to know where we go, to know what we read, to know what we see, to know what we write, to know every single little thing about us. that's that's what Google does, and then it makes money by taking that information and selling it to the highest bidder.
0: Let me just say this. In short, the product that Google
8: is selling is you. Yes. If you're not paying for for the product, the product is you. I didn't make that up. Someone else did, and I think it's it is a, a wonderful way to encapsulate the idea.
0: So that's a very big difference here. Yeah, and, and as a matter of fact, technically speaking, if Google could make more money not bothering with Android, but just getting its services out to other companies, do you think they'd continue Android?
8: Uh, you mean Google? Yes. I don't know. I think that the, the Google, you know, Google said near the beginning of uh, the iPhone Android battle that they felt Android was important because otherwise Apple would have owned the smartphone world. And the problem, of course, with Apple owning the smartphone world is that Apple protects our data rather than than selling it. And rather than selling us out, I might even put it. And Google couldn't have that. You know, Google likes to preach about an open Internet. But what an open Internet means to Google is that they get access to everything so that they can profit from it. And, um, you know, getting back to Microsoft, that's not Microsoft's model. Microsoft makes its money by selling copies of its operating system. So maybe they're thinking here that by gaining share at the low end, it will help them gain share at the at higher ends of the market or in the middle of the market uh, where they can make money. Um, of course, to me, it seems like a pretty slippery slope because if I'm an OEM, and I, you know, at, at this point I'm ready to lean on Microsoft and say, give it to me for free. So in the end though,
0: does this scheme work for Microsoft? Can they build enough business to replace the, uh,
8: what they lost? Uh, maybe, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to see how this is going to work, but the fact is they have to do something different because what they're doing now isn't working. People are not buying windows phone devices. So, I guess maybe we should be giving them kudos for for thinking differently and looking for new ways to to gain share, some share, any share.
0: Of course, Microsoft is also finalizing the details of its acquisition of Nokia, the handset division, but Nokia still does Android gear. Nokia doesn't do any Android gear. Never has. Huh. I heard they would they actually had an Android something, maybe a tablet or something.
8: Well, if I was in charge of Nokia, which please note that I am not, I would at the very least I actually I would have gone with Android instead of Windows Phone to begin with. But having failed to do that, I would at least have Android running on my devices in the laboratory, so that in you know in a, at a moment's notice I could actually start pushing those out to, to to market. So they may have something somewhere, but I don't think that they're shipping a, a, an Android product. If they are, it escaped my notice.
22: Hmm.
0: All right, so let's just look at the situation now with Nokia. Why would any other handset maker even consider Windows Phone if they know Microsoft already has a
8: company building the products that's competing with them? Well, that is, in fact, a fantastic question, too. Uh, How can Microsoft have it both ways? How can Microsoft be a device maker and a licensor that's treating its, its OEMs the same way. You know, Google tried this with Motorola and the end result was that Google sold Motorola because they, they were terrible at actually taking advantage of owning Motorola. Can Microsoft play it both ways? I doubt it. It's not working. And, and trying to play it both ways clearly isn't working. They, they've got no share in tablets. They've got no share in smartphones. And, uh, you know, their strategies here uh, have been failures so far.
0: Now, these moves that Microsoft is making, to give away Windows Phone for some low-end handset makers, to sell Windows 8 for less, for cheap PC makers, is that some of Nadella's moves or something that's a relic of what Steve Ballmer was going to do?
8: Um, I, that's hard to know. It, 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 Isn't it? it? Sure. It, it's, it's I mean, I, I, it's, this, this to me is actually a fascinating question. Is uh, uh, Natia, is, is he willing and able and even interested in going in new directions? And I hope the answer to that question is yes, because I want to see Microsoft survive and thrive because they make for, you know, a, a great company for, for a company like Apple to play against, to play off of to, you know, to have Microsoft be the big bad out there so that they can, you know, they can be doing things better than. And I, I want to see that happen. I, you know, I kind of have my doubts.
0: Let's move back to Apple. You have an article that went up at Mac Observer. And we were asking about this before a little bit about the new products. 2014 will be the year that defines Apple's CEO, Tim Cook. Let's talk about that in the remaining moments of this segment and the next one. How so? Because Apple's going to make all those great new products and new categories that they're promising?
8: Well, uh, the short version is the short version for the end of this segment is that Apple is about to finally release some new products. And that's going to shift the conversation away from uh, doubting whether or not Apple can innovate to actually judging the fruits of Apple's efforts to innovate. And that's going to be a shifting conversation. And I think that that it's going to set the the new bar for how to look at Tim Cook for the future.
0: All right. That's the short of it. And we have to look, of course, at those new products. Now, some people are saying, look, you keep saying this every few weeks. We're going to be entering new product categories this year. And so we speculate upon what those new product categories are. Obviously, Tim Cook has to be telling the truth. He has no alternative. If you found that Apple simply produced refreshes of what they have now, even if it's a larger iPhone, iPhone 6 that's four and a half or five inches, it doesn't matter. That would not be acceptable. What would be acceptable would be an iWatch, an Apple smart TV, some other product. That would demonstrate that what Tim Cook has said is correct, that Apple will be entering new product categories. The other question I'd ask ryan chaffin is must it always be a physical product what about a new service from apple we'll find more we have Brian chaffin of the mac observer joining us i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night how live
2: attack of the rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike it's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget
11: 100-foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. It's that time of year again, and you know what that
6: means. Cold and flu season. (laughs) Don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural product cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and Respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. Herbalhealer.com also offers corresponding courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally and as always new customers get a free 128 page catalog with your order visit herbalhealer.com and click the winter specials button to save on our natural cold and flu fighting products herbalhealer.com healing the world with nature one person at a time since 1988
0: On the Tech Night Owl Live with Brian Chaffin, we ask the question about how 2014 defines Apple CEO Tim Cook. So let me ask that question that I posed at the end of our last segment. With regard to products and or services, would a new service from Apple, maybe a TV subscription service, would that be the thing that defines a new product category?
8: Yeah, a new TV, some kind of... um I, I do believe that sometime this year, Apple is going to do something bigger in TV. I don't know that it's going to be the original plan. I don't know that it's going to be what, what Steve Jobs talked to Walter Isaacson about for uh, for Walter Isaacson's biography.
0: Do you think maybe he was just spooking the rest of the competition, saying, look what we have here at Apple, and then everybody tried to second-guess him?
8: Uh No. I, I, not, not in that case. I, I think that, I mean, Steve, is, Steve certainly did that with, uh, you know, he's always doing misdirection. The, the most famous one is saying that Apple's not going to do video in an iPod because to channel Bill Clinton, it's about the music stupid. And six months later, Apple released the uh, video iPod or iPod video.
0: And Apple will not make a cheap Mac a few months before the Mac mini came out.
8: Right there, there are many examples of, of Steve applying misdirection to the competition, but I think in the case of TV and and the way Walter Isaacson quoted him and remember that Walter Isaacson said uh, later that, that there were details that he kept out because uh, out of out of respect for Apple's proprietary uh, you know, product uh, goals. I believe that that Steve really felt, that he had cracked the code on how to make an internet connected TV and that, he's, that he had some kind of great idea or someone in the team had a great idea that, that, that he was excited about and that Apple has been working on this. I just, I don't know that that's the product that's going to end up being released, but I do think that Apple is going to make a bigger play in TV this year.
0: Okay. How so? Obviously a brand new Apple TV set top box is not a new product. An Apple TV subscription service is an Apple connected TV is. So we assume one or both of the latter.
8: Yeah, it would it would be like for it to be uh, or not to be, or not to be. That is the question. And for it's going to have to be a different way of approaching consuming content through the Apple TV for it to really qualify as is you know, some kind of new product category or uh, even an expanded approach to the TV industry.
0: Okay, when it comes to like a TV, connected TV, how does Apple differentiate? Is it just grafting the Apple TV interface or some revised version onto a TV set? Do they do anything with regard to the other aspects of the TV viewing experience? not just ease of connection, easy interface. It's just setting up a TV. I mean, you set up a TV now, you either live with the default settings or you go into a horrific menu-driven settings panel and try to adjust the picture. Can Apple automate that? Can Apple make it simpler? Can Apple enable a TV to fine-tune itself to your room, fine-tune itself to your accessories, Without your intervention, in other words, make a TV that just works. For most people, it, it just works because you turn it on, and you don't adjust these things. But you're not getting the best TV experience.
8: Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think that's going to be the focus, really. I think the focus is going to be a lot less on manipulating and managing the hardware. Like I, I don't. I, I used to think that Apple would release a TV set per se. I'm a lot less excited about that notion today. I think that uh, we may just simply see a bigger, better, better um, uh, Apple TV set top box. But I, I think that their focus is going to be in how you access the content. I think that's going to be the thing that Apple could do this disruptive that would make their product superior to everything else that's, that's out there. Uh, I don't know how they would do that. If I didn't know how they would do that, I would probably be in the TV industry and be uh, an extremely wealthy man.
0: You see, at least you're realistic. There are a lot of journalists out there who think they can second-guess Apple or any other company. We know better. Well, if you know better, why aren't you running a multinational corporation and proving it?
8: Exactly. Exactly. But I do have confidence that, that Apple can, in fact, do this particular thing. I, I believe Steve when he say, said that he cracked the code. And um, keep, keeping in mind that whatever eventual expanded TV option that does come to market will have Steve Jobs' fingerprints on it. Keeping that in mind, when Apple releases its wearables product, the the product that we know colloquially, I guess, as the iWatch, when Apple does do something disruptive in the TV market, that's going to change the conversation away from uh, Apple can or cannot innovate without Steve Jobs to how well is Apple innovating today under Tim Cook. And that's going to be the big shift I think that's going to happen in, in 2014. The the two and a half years since Steve Jobs has uh, died have been caretaker years where Tim Cook has done a phenomenal job, a phenomenal job that he does he gets no credit for at least in the mainstream. And he's 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 provided continuity of in the executive ranks. He has expanded the main, uh, supply chain. He has uh, brought major uh, environmental programs and an increased auditing to the supply chain. He's brought manufacturing back to the United States. They're building this new plant in Arizona. And all the while, and he's been running Apple retail while he's doing it, in addition to being CEO. And... He uh, has been overseeing the, the development of new products that he has said very explicitly, very explicitly, that will not be released until they are ready. And he's done all of this stuff, and all people can do is whine about the fact that, that he hasn't brought something new that's dis- dis- disruptive to market, as if Steve Jobs did that every single year, which, of course, is not
0: the case. We also forget that Steve Jobs had some failures. The Power Mac G4 Cube the launch of Mobile Me, and maybe even the original antenna for the iPhone 4 that caused problems for some people. Maybe other smartphones had the same problem, but the way he handled the PR fallout was widely criticized until he got things together. You know, he said, hold it differently.
8: <laughs> right, which is obviously is fun in, in, in and of itself. So Tim has had this this amazingly smooth transition. And, and, and the, to me, part of the irony is that he gets criticized so much because the transition has been so smooth. Because it's been so smooth, people have people are just people who cannot think critically. People, Analysts who, who don't know anything about Apple don't see how hard it is to dumb what it is that he has done and the incredible job that he has done doing it. And remember so
0: also that In times where Steve Jobs, while still alive, was being treated for serious illnesses, he was taking control of Apple and running it for a number of months there. We forget about that. Brian Chaffin, please tell our listeners where we can find more of all
8: that stuff that you do. I am at MacObserver.com. You can find my personal blog at GeekTells.com. And I'm on Twitter as TMOBrien.
0: Hey, in our next segment, we have Lloyd Clark of Roku. Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us
8: on the Tech Night Out Live. Happy to be here, Gene. Thanks for having me.
9: The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network,
0: GCN.
15: Question, could
12: too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from TerraGanics. Life's getting better.
13: You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going
0: to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl live, we're going to talk about Roku's products, about streaming, about cord cutting, about the history of the company. Our guest is Lloyd Clark, he's involved in product development. Lloyd, welcome to the show.
24: Hi, Gene. Thank you.
0: Okay. Before we get on with what's happening now, I gather your company was started by the guy who invented the DVR?
24: You're absolutely right. That's Anthony Wood.
0: Okay. So anytime we play with our DVR, he's the guy.
24: You you have Anthony to thank for it. That's for sure. He's done a, a number of wonderful things for technology and the living room, starting with uh, the DVR. He's the patent holder for the DVR.
0: Uh-huh. Was he working for a company at the time or what?
24: He was working for his own company. He started a company called Replay TV.
0: Oh, yes, I remember. That's right. I'm that old.
24: (laughs) You and I both.
0: So then he started Roku, but you had music streaming devices at the very beginning.
24: Roku did have a couple products before we got into video streaming. There were some music and audio streaming devices. Uh, And then in 2008, working together with Netflix, we launched the first Netflix streaming player which of course was a a roku product
0: now this is interesting about netflix netflix used to be the place they sent you the dvds by mail and you send them back and you got another dvd Mm -hmm. and then they got into streaming and after a few years and that was kind of shaky then you had house of cards
24: which is wonderful i don't know if you've been watching the second series but i'm hooked
0: i'm on the second season now i haven't done binge viewing okay i haven't gotten into that yet Oh, but,
24: you got to try it. I, I'm on two or three a night, I think.
0: Oh, uh, My wife and I did four in one day to catch up for the first season.
24: This is the fun thing that's happening, is that you got to be on the same pace as whoever else is in your life. Otherwise, you're in a lot of
0: trouble. Well, my wife isn't blaming me, except we have a lot of shows to catch up on. But then she says, Gene, what about House of Cards? Let's get back to that. Especially, I don't want to do too many spoilers. But they've already killed off, between the first and second season, two key characters
24: oh and i expect first, there are more first episode first episode season two i just i that's when i had to watch two more it was fantastic
0: that's the one by the way where there's an episode of the train station mm. and we don't want to say who they no, killed off. I, i'm not going to say a thing more right we don't want to be spoilers because that second season came out recently okay so you've started out to be the netflix streaming device but when did you expand to encompass all these other channels
24: It wasn't too long afterwards that we started adding our own series of channels. And I'd have to look through our history books. It's It could have been MLB. It could have been Hulu. It could have been one of those. Maybe it was Pandora. But we started adding more and more each year, each month, and then each year. And we're on a pace now, Gene, that uh, we're just over 1,200 total channels. And we add anywhere between one, two, sometimes three new channels every day.
0: And I'm looking here, you are actually got some first-grade movies on there. So, for example, Gravity, Mm -hmm. which is obviously an Oscar-winning movie. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the guy who directed Gravity is currently doing this TV show called Believe. Mm -hmm. With J.J. Abrams. Okay, point is you're getting a lot of content here.
24: We're getting a lot of, uh, like you're pointing out, some of the, the most recent top hits. And we added up recently the number of movies that you can watch through. A Roku, and it's over 31,000 movies that you can access through a Roku player right now, which is fantastic. It's enough for, if you watched a movie every day, be, I think it's over 80 years before you got through them all.
0: We better get started. <laughs> you see, I have less time than you do. <laughs>
24: yeah, that's all we do around here is we watch movies.
0: Now, as you mentioned to me, this is not necessarily a cable cord cutter where you can work With a cable or satellite connection, no problem. It doesn't matter how many other devices you have. But for a lot of people, they use something like this as a way to give up on cable. When did you see that start?
24: That's a good point. Uh, You know, we look at what our customers are doing as they're watching TV, and we find that when a Roku is in a house, they tend to watch a little bit more. Uh, They're certainly watching more and more through our platform. They'll find movies or TV shows or special interests through the Roku platform. but no matter what else is tied to their television or attached to their television, their total viewing hours are increasing. So right now, on average, a Roku customer will watch somewhere around 13 hours per week through Roku, but the rest of their hours total are also increasing. So it's, just, it's making their TV entertainment time better.
0: So this is as an adjunct to the TV experience, but do you foresee a time when a device like this can literally replace cable TV with your own interface? I mean, is Roku ever considered maybe doing their own complete streaming service?
24: There is definitely a change going on right now. And and some good examples of that are some of the channels that exist in our platform. So um, take a look at Time Warner Cable. They added a app or a channel onto Roku uh, almost a year ago. And it gives full access to, if you're a Time Warner Cable subscriber, to all their live channels and their uh, on-demand. But you you get it as an entry point through a Roku. Other examples are uh, HBO Go. uh, There's a number of these large broadcasters that are now using Roku as a delivery platform. So is that going to change over time? Well, yeah, it already is changing over time. That There could be at one point in the future an access point like a Roku that gives you access to everything.
0: So... It's like they've been saying with a certain other streaming device, maybe signing deals with these companies like, for example, Time Warner Cable giving an example. They're merging with Comcast, but say Comcast comes to you and you deliver the entire Comcast experience within your interface. That's exactly right. Now, the other thing I'm seeing here is this Roku TV where you are working with some TV makers to basically bundle your equipment within their TV.
24: Yeah, here's an interesting thing that we're working on, and I think it's going to be industry changing, honestly, that we've been doing uh, standalone players and sticks for a while now, since 2008, and these are are great devices to attach to televisions so that you can switch to that input and then enjoy Roku through, through HDMI 1 or however you've got to connect to your television. Well, imagine... If we can make your entire television a little bit simpler to use having roku at the center or really you could think of it as an operating system for your television that you could access all your entertainment through one way uh, through one home screen it's it really is inventing a home screen for your tv
0: it also simplifies the interface because you don't have to deal with 10 different interfaces to figure out what you're doing
24: yeah you've you've played with the same things that i have so frequently we've seen uh, other devices or other televisions that add-on streaming, or add-on functionality, or bolt it on, or patch it on. And it's, it, it can be very challenging to find what you want to watch. Our approach is, uh, we, we found the killer app for TV. Are you ready for it? It's video. Uh, so we want people to get to their video that they want as soon as and quick
0: as possible. Okay, so you've got all these things going on. I was looking at one of the services, what's it called, Voodoo? Where yeah. you can rent movies? There's a number of these
24: kinds of apps and channels. Voodoo is a very popular one. Uh, Amazon is another go- one. Uh, uh, there's a number of these that will give you on-demand instant access to a, a movie that you can rent or buy. Uh, there's other ones that offer a subscription f- service. The most popular, obviously, is Netflix, where you sign up for a monthly basis. Um, and there's, there's just so many ways that you can uh, find something to watch.
0: Well, I was looking at this as, say, an alternative to pay-per-view on a cable or satellite system that you're offering alternatives to that so for example i want to watch gravity i can go to this one site that you offer and they have different versions of the movie for rent so for standard definition, it's 399 for hdx which i assume is 1080p it's 599 which is the same everywhere else but you're able to get that without having to deal with the cable company
24: and you're able to get it instantly. So one of the fun things that we've added is uh, the ability to search. So uh, from your home screen, you can click on the search, and it allows you to search through our top 10 channels and quickly find that movie you're looking for. I was searching for, uh, what was I searching for? I was Morgan Freeman. I was looking for Morgan Freeman because I like him as an actor, and I found that there were 67 movies and a couple TV shows on Roku that I could watch Morgan Freeman on. Then I went to, I think it was Oblivion that he was in, and I found that it was available on five different providers. And then I could go to any one of those providers and either rent, or maybe it was a, scrip- a subscription, and
0: I could just start my movie right then. We're going to break right here. We've got Lloyd Clark. He's from Woku. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live.
9: We are the premier independent talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network,
0: GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider?
17: It's time to get your green on with the great green sale from Freeze Dry Guy. Now, through St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, cases of delicious freeze dried vegetables, green beans, and green peas are now on sale at veteran owned You don't need to be Irish to feel like you have pots of gold with a healthy supply of these delicious, nutritious green vegetables. They're perfect for your emergency preparedness needs or outdoor activities from camping to RV travel. Green beans and green peas. Easy to prepare, easy to enjoy, and now easier than ever to buy. How about some green backs in your wallet or purse just for ordering? Act now, and Freeze Dry Guy will give you $25 in survival bucks for every case you purchase by St. Patty's Day. So get your green on now, veggie lovers. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, or log on to freezedryguy.com, freezedryguy.com. You have all seen and heard about the elements of the
10: periodic table. These elements are the building blocks of everything in the universe. You, my friends, are made from these elements. A shortage of any of these important trace elements can lead to disease. Go with the science and take the Lady Talk Health Challenge and get all 90 essential trace elements with a healthy start pack at LadyTalkLive.com or call 855-333-LADY. That's 855-333-5239.
13: You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, one more segment with Lloyd Clark. He is involved in product development over at Roku. Now, let me ask you, product development, does that mean you're the guy who helps conceive all these products and bring them to market?
24: I'm one of many people here. Of course, the, our lead product guy is Anthony, our founder.
0: He's, he's the one that's running the ship. So you work with Anthony to build these products? Absolutely. Now, let's look at some of the things you've got and where they've developed. And you've got right now, I see, four different products. Mm, that's correct. They're that available. And the top of the line is a Roku 3.
24: A fantastic product we launched it it was about a year ago now and it has been really identified as sort of the the standard for all streaming players it's it's our all-in-one it's got everything that you would want in a streaming player it's it's a faster processor inside i'm not going to go into tech specs but it what it means is that you can get through the interface Very quickly, it's very snappy. Of course, it offers access to all of our channels, but it's got something really interesting on its remote uh, where we added a headphone jack. And this innovation is, of course, not a technology innovation, but it's it's something that that helps a lot of families, helps a lot of marriages, where you just plug a set of headphones Phones in there, we include one in the box, and it does exactly what you think it was gonna do. It takes all the sound, puts it to your headphone jack. It also does something special, it mutes your television, and so you can have a that late night movie watching binge without waking up the kids.
0: So if I want to watch a show and my wife's asleep, this is the way to do
22: it.
24: Yes, I'm a Saturday Night Live fan, so I like to to find all right, live the day after and uh, i like to watch it late uh, when everyone's asleep and i can do that now with that headphone jack
0: well they're going to send us one to review they tell me so i look forward to comparing it with a certain other a streaming product from that company in cupertino
24: yeah there's a couple other companies that make products that are similar but uh, what we find from our own search or research with our customers and, and third-party companies have found this as well is that when someone has a roku in the home they tend to watch a lot more through Roku than they do through any other streaming platform, including that company in Cupertino. Uh, I was telling you earlier that our, our average streaming or average hours per customer is around 13 hours per week, which is a significant portion of their entertainment time. And it's growing. And it's because we think Uh, We have a lot of choices, over 1,200 channels and growing, and we just make it really, really easy to use. Everything on your home screen, a couple clicks away, you know, you work all day, you don't want to work at home, you sit down on your couch, you just want to
0: find something to watch, and you watch it. So, for example, I'm looking at the instructions, and there's not much to do here. I am basically plug it in, plug the HDMI cable into your TV set, and that sort of thing, set up your Wi-Fi. If you're not going direct, let me ask you a quick question here. Your remote, say I'm using a universal remote. Most universal remotes like a Logitech will remember this. Mm. Mm-hmm.
24: Absolutely. So a universal remote will work with a Roku just fine, especially that Logitech Harmony. Uh, all, of our, all of our players will accept an IR, which is what universal sends out. And uh, it's, uh, it can be operated as a, an ing- integrated solution with
0: that for sure. Okay, so we're going to try that on input number three when we get it next week, and we'll let our listeners know what we think about it. You do have a new product here I want to talk about briefly. This is the Streaming Stick. And when I think of this, I think of that thing that the Chromecast that Google came out with.
24: There certainly have been other attempts at Streaming Sticks uh, from Google and from some other companies that use Android as a technology platform. What we think we're doing with our product is something maybe more akin or more along lines of what we do with all of our players. It's full access. It's a full product. It's a full feature set where a lot of these other competitors are giving one piece of the puzzle. A uh, good example would be casting from your phone. There's companies that will take something that you have on your phone and show it on the screen. Uh, Roku platform does that already. and It does it uh, from Android and from iOS. But in addition to that, you've got full access to the 1,200 channels. And that streaming stick that we're just launching right now includes a standard remote control. So if that phone happens to leave the living room, which a lot of phones will walk out with the person, uh, but the next person in the living room is still able to use their TV and still able to get to their show because that remote control is still there laying on the couch.
0: So this is a fully enabled device. It's a complete device. It's just smaller with a more focused feature set
24: absolutely does everything that our other players do except it's in a very small and convenient form factor it neatly tucks behind a television into your hdmi port
0: so this is real tiny so basically it's like pass through you it goes to the hdmi port and you don't need all this other cabling
24: a lot of people are hanging their tv on walls now as tvs get thinner and lighter uh, they're cleaning up the clutter in the living room they want to get rid of cables they want to get rid of the unsightly uh, connections and this does a, a really good job of it uh, all you see of course is your screen and the remote that we include is an RF remote so you don't have to point you don't have to have line of sight it uh, you can have it anywhere and it will connect to your streaming stick and it works great
0: you don't have to point and shoot <laughs> you just
24: shoot <laughs> you just shoot display
0: all right. I want to get into that. The NRA is going to write to us and they going to complain real deep and dirty about that. And I'm seeing here, the price is just forty nine ninety nine, which is only $10 more than that other product from the company that has the search engine, but it seems to do about 30 times more things.
24: Well, thank you for noticing. <laughs> Absolutely. One of Anthony's, uh, our founder of Anthony Wood, one of his primary uh, principles of design is let's make things that are attainable or affordable that anyone can access that you don't have to check with anybody before you spend this kind of money so for $49.99 you get full access to the full Roku system and it'll be available at national retailers all across the country.
0: Now if I'm looking at this product as against the Roku 3 what am I giving up?
24: What you get with Roku 3 is that little bit faster processor, so you can go a little bit speedier. Not that streaming stick is slow, but if you want to have the full feature, you go up to Roku 3. The big thing you get with Roku 3 is that remote control that does two things. The headphone jack, which, again, I think is a fantastic innovation. And the other thing, with the remote control is that it's a motion remote control so you can play games that require motion inputs so so a good example would be angry birds so if you want to play angry birds on your television uh, you can pick up that remote and and play a few games while you're waiting for the family to get around the television so you can watch the movie
0: so which tv makers currently are handling roku interfaces
24: if you're talking about the roku tv that we're going to be uh launching later on this year there's two companies that we're working with Uh, they are hisense and a company called tcl Uh, both these companies are leaders in manufacturing of televisions worldwide Uh, they make up two of the top five volume manufacturers in the entire world in fact tcl just surpassed sony as the number three in the world for how many sets that they're making per year
0: sony whatever happened to sony that's kind of sad though you know sony really has taken a big fall there. It used to be, of course, Sony was the premium product and now they're kind of an afterthought. That's kind of unfortunate. But it's good to hear. I assume also you'll consider other TV makers and maybe work with them. For sure. We do see this
24: as an industry changing kind of approach in that TCL and Hisense are certainly their first two lead partners. We are looking forward to launching products with them. We are definitely talking to other companies and we'll bring them on in, in later time.
0: Okay, Lloyd Clark, tell our listeners if they're curious about Roku, where can they get more information?
24: Roku.com, at R-O-K-U.com has everything you might need to know. It tells you all about our products, all about the 1,200 channels, and we'll tell you all the different retailers you can get one all across the United States.
0: Okay, let me tell our listeners one more thing: that is, you can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Once again, we are Tech Night Owl. On Twitter or go to TechNightowl.com, where you can download every episode of the Tech Night Owl Live dating back to 2007. Who could have thunk it? Actually, the show started in 2002. I don't know if Lloyd knows that. And we have another radio show about UFOs, ghosts, things that go bump in the night. And this week on the Paracast at Paracast.com—that's Paracast.com—we're featuring Rosemary Ellen Guiley. She is author of Dream Messages from the Afterlife. That's on the Paracast at Paracast.com. And here on the Tech Night Owl Live, Lloyd Clark, thank you so much for being on the show.
24: Thank you, Gene.
9: The Tech Night Owl Live. Is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.